0: Hey, folks, and welcome back to The Theopolis Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Motes, and I'm joined again today by Paul Buckley and John Ahern. These two guys, as I said in the last episode, are really the backbone of the music education that's happening here at Theopolis um, during our Fellows Program and during our courses as well. And in this episode, we are going to continue a tradition that we started last year, where we recommend to you uh, Christmas or Advent uh, records and recordings. And so uh, this year, we are going to start with Paul. Paul, what recommendation uh, do you have for us to start?
1: Well, let me first say that um, I am the sort of person who at this time of year, when I drive around, I do put my car radio station, uh, radio on, on one of the stations that's playing Christmas music 24-7. And um, I, I, I enjoy even the bad stuff. And um, <laughs> I, I do wish that there were more variety because there's only... So many times during the season that I need to hear Burl Ives sing Holly Jolly Christmas. Um, So there's a lot more variety that that they could do. Um, But um, I do have a recommendation, um, especially for those who are like me listening to that sort of stuff. And when you have heard last Christmas one too many times and you need to cleanse uh, the palette. I, I have the recording for you. The title of it is A New Joy, Orthodox Christmas, and it is a recording by the Estonian Philharmonic Chamber Choir on the Harmonia Mundi label conducted by Paul Hillier, an uh, English conductor. Um, this, um, this recording is posted on YouTube, Uh, we'll provide a link, but it's posted on YouTube, presumably legally because it's been provided by Harmonia Mundi and posted by the the Estonian Philharmonic Chamber Choir um, itself. Um, This, um, I I think this is uh, at least a decade old and uh, there is nothing on it, at least to um, Western Christian ears or Western any ears, that is going to sound particularly Christmassy with with one exception. There is um, one piece on here called A Song of Good Cheer, which is um, known to most of us as um, the Carol of the Bells. And it's a Ukrainian folk carol um, that actually doesn't say much. <laughs> it's a New Year's carol, not really a Christmas carol, but here you can hear it sung in its um, original format and uh, at less of a breakneck speed than we often hear it. And certainly it sounds quite different to the um, Mannheim steamroller version that gets played a lot at this time of year. We were talking in our um, bash episode about the difference between um, some carols and songs that we might be um, uh, willing to sing in contexts other than liturgical worship. Um, Orthodox worship, uh, draws that line pretty clearly um, there are liturgical texts that are sung for Christmas um, or for you know whatever other holiday and then there are folk, folk carols whether they be Russian or Ukrainian or whatever this this album can, includes um, both both types um, the um, the content the, we start off with uh, the tolling of bells at the uh, Saint Alexander Nevsky Cathedral, and and the whole album ends with uh, festive ringing of bells. And between you get um, a couple of dozen pieces. Uh, not all of them are explicitly Christmas. For example, um, the the very first choral piece on the album is the setting of the Lord's Prayer by Kedrov, um, which is. Um, Um, something we sing at Theopolis events and is in the the Theopolis um, Psalter. Here it's sung in Slavonic. of course, we we sing it in English, but I don't know of a better, more beautiful recording of of that simple setting of the Lord's Prayer than what is on here. Um, You also get music um, written by uh, martyrs, people who were um, killed by uh, the Soviet regime and um, you don't have, I think, one mention on here of sort of uh, weather reports. There's no mention of snow or cold weather that I can recall, certainly not in any of the strictly liturgical texts, but I want to read to you uh, just to give you a sense of um, the sort of thing that um, that the Orthodox sing about. I should say the, the music, the the texts for Christmas and the in, in orthodoxy, are a completely different animal from what we've seen. I mean, they don't sing, O come all you faithful, or hark the herald angels sing, uh, except perhaps, you know, around the fire, or uh, in the parish hall, or in someone's living room. Um, they, they will do that. They just don't use them in church. They have their own text. So I, I want to read a short one here. Um, when Augustus ruled alone upon earth, Uh, This is from the Vespers of the Nativity of Christ. When Augustus ruled alone upon the earth, the many kingdoms of men came to an end. And when thou wast made man of the pure virgin, the many gods of idolatry were destroyed. The cities of the world passed under one single rule, and the nations came to believe in the one sovereign Godhead. The peoples were enrolled by the decree of Caesar. And we, the faithful, were enrolled in the name of the Godhead when thou, our God, was made man. Great is thy mercy, O Lord. Glory to thee. So um, that's quite a different text from so many of the things that um, that we sing that talk about the weather um, or that um, uh, simply engage in a poetic retelling of the basic Christmas story. Um, now, the, um, uh, if, if you like listening to music sung only in English, uh, this may be disappointing because all of this um, is in Slavonic or um, some other Slavic language, but um, I do have a, uh, a PDF that we'll be posting so that you can read. Um, There's a, um, a nice brief essay by um, Vladimir Morrison who is the uh, founder and president of Musica Russica that publishes um, a lot of Russian sacred and and secular choral music. And he's a a leading expert um, about uh, Russian choral music. And um, so the translations for um, all of these things are there, but it it is a wonderful, there's a a bit of contemporary music on it because uh, there is Arvo Perk's setting of, Rejoice, O Virgin, which is very different. A lot of people may know the the. It's probably the most famous setting of that text is by Rachmaninoff, which is uh, beautiful. Arvo um, Pärt's setting is completely different. It makes a wonderful, joyous contrast to the to the Rachmaninoff. But in the case of all of these, I mean, a, a lot of the things on here are pretty rare for most of us. Um, but it's hard to imagine that the performances could be could be better. These are people who have this uh, music and these texts in their blood. So that's my recommendation.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, Paul. John, what do you have for us?
2: Uh, I guess I have, a, uh, I'll, I'll structure this as three Christmas carols, um, three, I believe they're all English Christmas carols, um, fairly old ones. And, they're just three super good ones and um, they're not incredibly well known, but they deserve to be to my mind, both on the merits of the music and especially on the merits of the text. Um, the first one I, I would say has the weakest music of all of them, but it's still pretty good. Um, it's tomorrow. She'll be my dancing day. I'll just, I'll just read them all off. Uh, tomorrow should be my dancing day. Um, and there are actually many different tunes of that. Um, there's one the, the, probably the most famous is the folk tune, most people know it to that one um but there's also a holst uh more anthem style setting of it that's just it breaks your heart every time you listen to it it's so gorgeous um and i'll link to that and then you know there's also one by a more contemporary composer Gardner um that's very good the second one is the lord at first did adam make uh that's an old um i think it's an old english folk carol um, and I'll talk about that in a second. And then the third is, this is the truth sent from above. Again, an, a very ancient uh, tune. Um, and these all have have had a sort of afterlife in the 20th century, but they all deserve to be better known. So the first one, Tomorrow should Be My Dancing Day, um, it's one of those um, where you hear it and you're completely befuddled by what's what's happening in the text. Um, I'll read the first stanza. Tomorrow shall be my dancing day. I would my true love did so chance to see the legend of my play to call my true love to my dance. And then the chorus is, Uh, Sing oh my love this have I done for my true love and you're still sort of after the first verse in a bit of confusion as to what exactly this this has to do with Christmas and The Nativity and Jesus. Uh, But then the second verse sort of gives the game away. Uh, This is the second verse. Then was I born of a virgin pure. Of her I took fleshly substance. Thus was I knit to man's nature to call my true love to the dance. And every verse goes through a different part of Jesus' life, ends with the the line, to call my true love to my dance. Um, And it goes all the way through the crucifixion and the resurrection and ascension, and that's where it stops, Uh, but it's all told from the perspective of Jesus the day before he's born Um, and it's people think that it might go all the way back to the 16th century, or even earlier as a text. um, Uh, partly because of that line to see the legend of my play people think that this may be a medieval uh, mystery play or a a medieval um, drama of some sort Uh, in any case it's it's such an inventive text and it manages to be emotionally poignant but um, but not sentimental at the same time Uh, can't recommend it highly enough Um, I'll 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 have uh, Brian link a recording probably uh, the ones done by Wilcox and Kings college are, are undoubtedly going to be the best. Um, the second, the Lord at first did Adam make um, like I said, that's an, a, a fairly old uh, Carol. So far as I'm aware um, again, this one uh, wins major points, not just cause it's a lovely, lovely tune. I And just as a, by way of a, a tangential endorsement of this tune, um, for some crazy reason, my family, my extended family, puts me in charge of the little kid music pageant every Christmas. Um, so I will, like, <laughs> assign the kids different uh, carols to sing. Um, I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but I get to just use them as my guinea pigs for all my weird music tastes. And um, I had them sing this. Uh, the Lord at first did Adam make, and they just loved it. I, I mean, I, I, this one was was a home run for them. They, they absolutely loved the tune, um, the text. Um, it was very easy to kind of get the tune in your bones. But the first, again, I'll read the first verse and you can get a sense of sort of of how it works, the Lord at first had Adam made out of the dust and clay, and in his nostrils breathed life, even as the scriptures say. And then in Eden's paradise he placed him to dwell, that he within it should remain to dress and keep it well. And then um, every verse goes through the the story of the fall in Genesis, and but the the um, the chorus is now let good Christians all begin a holier life to live and to rejoice and merry be for this is Christmas Eve, and. Um again I that just that sort of thing gets me right in the gut when you get you when you get that beautiful juxtaposition of the the Old Testament story uh and then the the, the New Testament promise being delivered. Um this Carol just, just does such a great job of that. It really is a, a Genesis 3 carol with a bit of Christmas added. Um, and something similar is going on in the third one. This is the True Scent from Above, uh, another phenomenal um, English folk tune. Um, so far as I'm aware, it's an English folk tune. I, sh- I should probably have researched that better. But it's also uh, um, unusual in the sense that it's in, I think, uh, 5 4 or 5 2. It's in some sort of strange meter that you wouldn't think works, but, um, it just flows very naturally and it gets stuck in your head. Um, and, uh, I won't read too much of that one either, but, um, this is the truth sent from above the truth of God, the God of love. Therefore, therefore don't turn me from the door, but hearken all both rich and poor. And then it starts again in, in Genesis one and goes through the creation and, and then the fall and the serpent and, and so forth. And, um, it's, it's a very old Testament Heavy tune, uh, but but ends up sort of working its way through the eschatological arc um, and concluding in 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 um, in Luke two. So uh, those three um, can't recommend them highly enough. Uh, I'll have I'll have recordings linked as well.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for those uh, excellent recommendations. I personally look forward to listening to those. I will say, um, listening to last year's recommendations has really changed the advent and christmas just seasons in the moats household um the pretorius mass for christmas morning the uh joel cohen and boston camaradas american christmas mm-hmm. um singing God ate with my kids and the church kids all of those have just gotten so into the bones of my family but i would say especially um john your recommendation from last year the christmas folk with gunner oh yeah um that one we wore out last year, and now, and we also sa- saved saved it for the Christmas. For, sorry for the Advent season this year. And I'm a softie like you, John. So it's it's hard not to get emotional as soon as uh, as soon as those first organ notes are played at the very beginning of the record. I just, yeah, I'm filled with the mystery of uh, the glory of what the Advent and Christmas seasons are all about. And uh, yeah, really really beautiful recordings. I'll link to last year's uh, Advent and Christmas music recommendations in the show notes. Uh, But thank you guys so much. This has really uh, been a blessing. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you again for enjoying this episode of the Theopolis Podcast. For more information and for more content from Theopolis, you can check us out online at theopolisinstitute.com. We release new articles every Tuesday and Thursday on our blog, so you'll want to make sure to look out for those. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore Theopolis and on Facebook if you just search for our name.